This is the Practicing XP podcast. Hi, I'm Akshay. And I'm Chirag. We've been practicing extreme programming for 10 years each in ThoughtWorks. In this podcast, we'll share our perspectives, our opinions and experiences while practicing XP. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Practicing XP. Today we are going to talk about remote pairing, so remote pair programming, uh, while continuing on our series on remote work. So we've covered retrospectives and stand-ups, and today we are going to focus on the developers in the team and talk a little bit about how they pair while working from their homes. Uh, joining us we have Sunit Parekh, uh, Swapnil, and Minakshi. uh our colleagues from thoughtworks and uh, over to chirag to drive the conversation all right so folks uh, we want to talk about uh, pair programming um pair programming uh, is as a practice that we know um, helps uh, us write better code be uh, be more productive Um, in in several ways, uh, it is it is one of those practices that uh, that help us build great software. So uh, so yeah, and so so we all I know we are all champions of that practice. But uh, with this current uh, situation that we find ourselves in, where everybody is working remotely all the time from their own homes, uh, how are your teams dealing with this? Uh, how are you? Um, Doing that programming? Are you doing it? Uh, if, if yes, then how are you doing it? What are the challenges you are facing with it? Uh, what are some frustrations? What are some tips you have about doing it? Uh, so that, those are the conversations we want to have. Um, I want to start off uh, by just asking uh, anybody who wants to go can start off. What are the big challenges when it comes to doing that programming remotely? I can go ahead. i can start with one of the challenges that i see is uh, choosing the tool uh, that we want to use for pairing uh, standard conferencing tools may not be the right choice and this is where i feel that uh, we need to be creative and thinking about it what kind of uh, limitations do just video conferencing tools uh, impose in your opinions so a standard video conferencing tool have a problem about okay one person can sa- share the screen right mm-hmm. and the other have to just view it and if we run into the low bandwidth or bandwidth issues then the other person sees a lag and then it's mm-hmm. it's it's actually the pairing is more conversational mm-hmm. and here it becomes challenging mm-hmm. and the other person is passive or maybe in the just listening mode most of the time right so having control by both the uh person for keyboard mouse typing and all that and mm. syncing live is important which is quite difficult in the normal tools that we have right i can kind of connect with that because in in office or in physical pairing we can change the drivers frequently now when one person is sharing screen for other to control uh, over the tools which we are using the experience is not seamless 
and mm. that is one of the challenge in today face mm. Mm. so uh, in uh, in another uh, session i think for another training session that we were doing uh, there were uh, uh, so there was a pair uh, what they used to do was because uh, if you screen share and like uh, sunit and swapnil were saying uh, if you even give remote control on on certain apps of course uh, there is a lot of lag um, because of that we cannot uh, we cannot do that seamlessly so that's why uh, another option that a couple of people were trying was uh, if i want to so if i'm the one typing i share my screen and uh, if if i want to switch over the two like i want to switch the driver to somebody else then that other person will share their screen so instead of giving remote control so uh, i think it worked it works sometimes at least the lag problem like that was a little lesser when you switch over just the screen sharing part yeah but then uh, just to even switch the roles from driver to navigator you'll have to reach a logical endpoint where you can check in code and for the other people other person to pull in the changes that uh, we've made on one end to the other right yeah and so that must slow down just that cycle of of shifting between the driver navigator roles yes yes and that's painful because the navigator basically the navigator gets stuck in a in a in a possibly passive and uh, and uh, yeah unenjoyable role yeah. uh, for long uh, for longish times so for 15 yeah. minute uh, slots or 20 minute slots and and um, and we use pairing as a effective tool to onboard a new person onto the team right now when this new person is pairing and this passiveness kind of hampers uh, his or her learning and onboarding so what what i tried is that i tried uh, microsoft live share mm-hmm. uh, which is which is really good in a way uh, it 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 actually uses your id and through ssl shares the code across and it's not a screen sharing type thing mm-hmm. uh however our love to intellij we have to give away <laughs> so it's a it's a choice right and and like if he if he are too much uh, use of intellij which is the id for our development uh, then i think we have to stick to the video conferencing and if tools like uh, live share in visual visual studio code uh, does really good live share i haven't used it so much so is it fair to say that it's trying to like be the google docs for code is it is yes. that what it's trying to do it's like constantly syncing on both ends the code that is getting written yes and the best part is that both developers can use their own id theme and everything they are just right. sending code constantly on both yeah. the sides yes you even, put it up right right and even their own keyboard shortcuts and their own you know Uh, light mode, dark mode, or whatever, uh, whatever yes. other preferences they have. So using that, uh, okay. But then you are uh, you are tied to that ID, so it's a specific yes. ID that has that capability. And and then you know if your favorite ID isn't that, then then you're basically needing to make that choice to move away from the ID you are most comfortable in to then do just for pairing, then come to this ID. So about uh, onboarding, so just uh, so 
there's another boot camp that we're doing and we've introduced pairing to haven't played before uh so it hasn't uh, so initially we like our opinion was it would be very difficult to sort of get them to pair hands on uh, remotely it will be very difficult uh, but uh, i think zoom zoom uh, like it's pretty simple with zoom to actually have the breakout rooms and the pairs move into the breakout rooms and uh, at least uh, for majority of the people who haven't faced any issues because of the data or the bandwidth uh they are being able to sort of uh, even uh, share remote control and uh, being able to pair so uh it hasn't like on that front at least we haven't faced uh, as much difficulty even uh, getting new people to pair mm-hmm. what have you tried out sophnil on your team uh, what tools have you settled on as of now so as of now we are still using zoom and with zoom we are facing this issues uh, there were a couple of other tools as well but uh, we did not go uh, we did not get any go ahead from the security so we are still stuck with zoom even knowing there are a few uh, issues with zoom but so that is what the limitations around uh, around uh, remote control is slow <laughs> and such like yeah. that kind of also but helps us to think about uh, code as a smallest logical unit mm-hmm. i mean uh, we can think of that as a unit where we can switch the pair i mean where we can switch the driver to navigate uh, yeah is- i see i mean yeah if if that sort of uh, drivers frustration uh, sorry navigators frustration for being the navigator for too long if that ends up pushing both of them to find uh faster ways to write smaller tests and yes. and write simpler code to get to that test and checking more frequently right. and uh, then that can be an upside that can yes. be yes. like building better habits that will True. come in handy later on but are you seeing that happen for you on your team no chirag i mean uh, because to implement that we will have to use branches because uh, we are like team of 50 60 people and uh, this move pipeline is our gate to push anything and then uh, how big code might impact lot of things considering we are building a platform so in such cases we will have to think twice and use the branches instead of the trunk in order to switch yeah. the yeah. drivers sometimes it also we use it contextually right but that does sound like something that's that sounds like a, a sort of higher order problem that is worth solving you know if this pushes you to to actually figure out how all the 50 people can actually independently checking code you know, 50 times a day yeah. if they want to then that would be a good outcome yes sir i Okay, that's interesting. So that's okay. It's it's making some of these things uh, uh, become more visible that this is a problem. This is a bottleneck. Uh, the way your builds are structured or your your pipelines are structured are limiting how frequently you can uh, yes switch uh, switch pair uh, yeah. switch switch roles and remove pairings setup. Okay. I think we've been pushing frequently. uh so because uh, i cannot rely on the internet connection of my pair and i don't want the work to stop uh that's also one of the reasons why as soon as something is done we're just pushing it quickly 
so that at least if like you know his or her connection dies i can go on and i can continue on the work doesn't stop yeah mm-hmm. so as uh, tera you pointed out right we tried pushing frequently the problem uh, got to a surface our smoke was taking too long so immediately yeah. that became a technical fail and people started parallelizing so it's yeah. kind of helping us going back and correct the basics yeah yeah that's an interesting side effect <laughs> that surfaces yeah uh, yeah boy are you saying something sunny we can hear you so another uh, challenge that i would uh, call out which we came across is that uh, how to be effective when we have some uh, network outage or maybe low bandwidth and this is also a common problem that we see in india specifically that uh, our guarantee to up on internet with high speed is not true all the time right Mm-hmm. so that is one challenge and how to effectively work during those hours when electricity is down or net is down yeah. is a is a key thing yeah. uh, at least uh, i think uh, there's uh, so one of the persons in our team actually makes phone calls if he has to discuss anything he will not use zoom because his internet connection is really bad he yeah. just makes a phone call he discusses everything and then like he keeps the phone and into zoom also he dials in through his phone only yes mm. so i usually prefer doing that that kind of uh, saves a bandwidth for screen sharing as well mm. so you have basically two connections into zoom one on the laptop which is just used for screen share and um, video i guess and then uh, use the phone call for audio Yes, that way. Even if the internet on the laptop suffers, at least the conversation continues. Exactly. And uh, so, Nick, one thing I wanted to clarify with Microsoft Live Share when you've used it, I assume that you're using Live Share, but you're also having like a video audio call, right? Because you need both kinds of things. You need to be talking and seeing each other, plus you need to see the code getting updated. they have audio plugin as well so okay, you can do audio and screen share no video within that within that so just want to add on the uh, low bandwidth and all i've seen another pattern is that uh, we go into pragmatic async pairing okay. so i think uh, when there is a challenge uh, to be together then i think uh, we break down the story into let's say little steps and then we decide okay one step i'll work on one step you work on we go async for half an hour max then mm. we connect together share the code review together then take a next step exchange ideas brainstorm and then go into another async mode and keep doing pragmatic pairing on the same story writing different pieces of code uh, in parallel Uh, but not too long going into too long time yeah so mm-hmm. that is also another pattern that i have seen to overcome the uh, low bandwidth or mm-hmm. network issues uh, and all or just frustration if you don't have the right tools uh, yes you actually do remote pairing wow. actually mm-hmm. i tried this for my last for half an hour as sunit is explaining uh, that kind of really helps in challenging us I mean, you can't help some of the external factors, and how you mm-hmm. can best utilize.
supplies time is by splitting some small uh, low hanging fruits and then of course you revive it together and that that kind of you utilize our time hmm. Hmm. and so in that um, i'm curious to know uh, how does the review phase work out uh, like do you end up uh, what's your sort of rough guess about if you have split up and worked uh, separately for let's say 30 minutes mm-hmm. how much time does it take for you to come back and converge come back and converge to then for for both of you to know the uh, to know each other's approach and to agree concur that that's a good way of doing it uh, so uh, maybe i can answer then others can add so uh, most of the time what we had done is discuss the tech approach of us we both uh, came to a conclusion that we will have to implement this thing in a certain way and then went into this pragmatic mode of working so that at least from the implementation or the design perspective we were already in sync up so at the end syncing is not that of a bigger problem occasionally we have went into discussions that even though we agreed on something person might felt something else while implementing but i think anyways the those occurrences were less but were fruitful to have So do you have a sense like on an average how much time does it take to to do that resync after working separately for 30 minutes does it take 15 minutes for the resync to happen or 30 or just 5 like roughly for so me curious because that that I think will determine how uh, how valuable uh, in terms of just productivity and efficiency yeah. uh, this uh, split up yeah Uh, so mostly chirag for me it was 5 to 10 because 30 minutes of time is already very less you have already discussed what uh, feature you are going to add in which class which method and low level details have been already discussed most of the time so syncing up is pretty quick so you, so even before splitting up you have had like a broad approach uh, discussion possibly like some quick whiteboarding or just some quick screen sharing to say to share with each other how the solution might look yes. then you are splitting up and then you are coming back to just yeah. share how the, how it will be yeah. and occasionally we have also used the phone calls i mean we both have the code so let's discuss the approach even on code required we can use whiteboard so based on the need we have used different mediums Uh, so so we've talked about a couple of broad uh, issues right so the fact that just um, just screen share and video isn't quite enough and that limits the pairing interaction significantly we've talked about network issues and um, and that bringing in uncertainty into the pairing experience uh, we've talked about just the fact that onboarding can be difficult especially in these uh, in this situation Uh, for new people because they they getting like uh, they end up being, being passive and uh, can be odd for them to keep asking uh, questions because they feel now even more that they are slowing down their pair uh, what else comes up uh, for you as big challenges in remote pairing so i think uh, one of them is uh, when we want to huddle 
uh, we don't need the code but suppose if you want to discuss something uh, then again uh, i think drawing it out on the uh, we use zoom so we use the whiteboard that uh, you can share on zoom but otherwise also any other i think whiteboarding tool that can be used uh, to explain uh, exactly the way that we would use whiteboards in office so uh that works for us so at least uh, it's not like we're unable to uh discuss or we're unable to sort of like you know put your state of mind out there to your peer so that's been working for us hmm. yeah Just i heard to... from uh, so, sorry I'll, i'll finish what i was uh, saying sunit i'd heard from uh, one of the one of the folks that uh, that actually dev hurdles they find them to be more productive uh, in in these fully remote settings because uh, for for every dev hurdle people can share their screen and show the parts of the code that they're talking about and, and stuff like that so everybody like otherwise uh, during the dev hurdle you don't have uh, easy ways to to share code um, so yeah finish what you were saying as i think in the hurdle uh, topic only uh, i wanted to add that uh, in office when we are pairing we have lot of informal hurdles quickly talking to the next pair when we are in the discussion we need another opinion quickly just ask other pair to jump in and take 5 minutes done again we are back to normal uh, that kind of uh, challenge is very difficult here and mm-hmm. that's what i feel that uh, those informal discussions yes. are missing yeah i i kind of agree with this yes. right and so we also talk about uh, um, uh, serendipitous communication right that uh, you and i sunit can be pairing and we could be puzzling over something and uh, swapnil and minakshi can be pairing like opposite the near near us on the same table and one of them can hear over here what you are talking mm-hmm. about and might have something to add even if we didn't it didn't occur to us ki uh, that we should ask them so that kind of thing would be missing because uh, because then in the best case two people are pairing but the third and fourth people are not able to hear each other so have have people found any ways to have some of that communication going uh, across pairs uh, so chirag uh, even in office itself what we started with team started growing right it was pretty difficult for everyone to keep track of what things are happening on the project so what we used to do once the story is picked up tech analysis is done then immediately people will whiteboard and discuss the tech approach what they want to take obviously we will not do for every story for some trivial stories we can skip but for some medium to large stories we'll do it the entire group will be present based on their interest so we are following the same in our uh, remote working as and that is kind of helping us so 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 i i hear you you're saying that you're doing more proactive more preemptive hurdles yes then uh, so, yeah uh, because when we do ipms we get a sense of these stories which are kind of going to drive the design or the platform thinking so we kind of mark them and discuss at least those stories proactively yeah that sounds a good idea yeah when um, minakshi was sorry yeah go for it 
no i was also wondering when manakshi brought up the dev hurdles topic as to how do you call for dev hurdles so uh, at least uh, how we doing is uh, we have one main session so i'm just talking about zoom because we've been using zoom for yeah. our work we have the main session and we have breakout rooms for the pairs so uh, oh and we have slack for communication because uh, you cannot send a message from the breakout room to everybody else So, if you want to call for a dev huddle, we actually using Slack or any other chat app that you are using for your group. We just send out a message saying we we need to have a dev huddle about this, 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 and uh, uh, like everybody meets in the main room then. So, the main room is basically the huddle place, and the breakout rooms are your pairing places. So, they actually map to sort of physical places, so it it's uh, easier to adjust yourself to that setting. Mm-hmm. I think that setup works really well. The challenge that I face with the breakout room is that uh, when I want to go into another breakout room, I cannot do it without the help of the host, who is right. the main manager of the main room, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel then somebody has to be guarding that one post all the time to just yeah. move people around. So I think the approach of main room as a huddle is is works well. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of uh, one of the teams uh, just setting up uh, like many different uh, Zoom IDs um, as their sort of pairing pairing stations. Mm-hmm. So, like we can say, okay, uh, Akshay and I are pairing on pairing station one, which is like one Zoom ID, and like that there are like five or six Zoom IDs, and uh, you can just sort of say, okay, join pairing station three, join pairing station five, and and yeah. so that could be a way for people to. to pop in into uh, into pairing sessions for a bit um, and publishing those up front in some common place will help people to jump in who is there in that room right now yeah. so that way i know that chirag is in pairing room 1 and i need help from chirag i can just barge in <laughs> yeah right. that's that yeah. sounds good idea actually yeah so what we do is uh, we uh, post such messages on our chat group uh, but with a advance notice of maybe 30 minutes or 45 minutes which gives people uh, an opportunity to wrap up something and then then we can think of yeah 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 i was curious about that uh, because uh, uh, because in the in the remote setup uh, you can't assume or you don't want to assume that people will be able to just get up and start uh, start joining the huddle like they do in the physical you know, that could be the time when one of the pairs has just decided to take a quick break um or that could be the time when they are really intensely uh, uh, solving some problem uh, when we are sitting together physically we can just see that kind of thing and thus uh, ask for for the huddle to happen at what seems like a like the right time for others as well right. but in a remote setup you don't know about it and so uh, so i was wondering how you solve it so you just solve it by by saying let's meet at 3:30 yes uh, so at least people are punctual on the remote settings i feel for the common meetings that we have for example if we have a retro or if we have planned to have say a common meeting or even a huddle at a particular time uh, people are more punctual on zoom because there's no traffic that they can pass on as their excuse or any any other thing that they went for and uh, also 
I'm sorry, I'm just saying this breakout room thing too much, but it's actually been helping us a lot. So if we have a common meeting and other people aren't coming, we actually close the breakout rooms. So it gives uh, like a 20-30 second warning, and it gets everybody back to the main room. So we just have everyone there then. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so uh, Swapnil, the the one about uh, sort of uh, uh, hurdles getting delayed or basically instead of these instead of these impromptu meetings becoming scheduled meetings, even if the scheduled meeting is just fifteen minutes away or thirty minutes away, uh, I'm wondering if that is having any positive or negative impact on on how how frequently do people call hurdles or how well hurdles are used once they are called. Up. And do you have any observations? Do you see anything shifting? Uh, okay. Was it slightly harder to call for? Yeah. So uh, Chirang initially we started doing this or tried doing this without any uh, prior notice, right? And we are following the same strategy even for our uh, dev boxes, kickoffs. I mean, and uh, and even for dev huddles. Now I think with a proper notice, I see uh, people are actually calling out more because they know. If they are gonna ask after 30 minutes, the availability of most of the people is not going to be an issue. And if people have some issues, then they can reply back. If we can adjust the time upfront on the chat itself, so it's kind of giving us a good sense when the required people will be available, and people just use or utilize that time slot. And this everything is happening, uh, I mean, upfront. So it it's kind of actually helping us. Than uh, lagging the screen. So, so you're saying that you're not seeing the you're saying that the frequency of hurdles is not going down. No. Okay. Uh, and uh, and when the hurdles so the the hurdles happen at roughly the same frequency and uh, do you see an increase in the quality of hurdles because I'm I'm sort of uh, if I am calling for a hurdle thirty minutes later people are making the time to come in. I'm I'm guessing if it puts more pressure on the people who are calling the huddles to be clearer about what they want to share or ask, and is any of that? Yes. So what usually I prefer is uh, when I'm giving that 30 uh, minutes advance advance notice, I also ping the topic which I want to discuss. That kind of also trigger a thought process in individuals' mind, so uh, they can be better prepared for that huddle. so this is one of the advantages i have seen uh, the other advantages which um, minakshi brought in about punctuality right uh, so what i have observed is in office what happens is people kind of join some people joins 5 minutes late then some people will join 10 minutes late and uh, the person who is driving will have to repeat it a couple of times that kind of frequency i can see going down i mean still there will be people facing some issues here and there and will join will be joining late but this is one of the area i have seen improve with the remote meetings right of, anything else of, to share on devotees yeah go for it actually oh, sorry uh, just uh, talking about meetings in general so uh, i know uh, that physically in office i can attend only one meeting at one time but uh, remotely i've been doing a funny thing i've been attending two meetings at one time so as soon as i hear audio from the other meeting i mute my audio in one place go back there so i've been managing two projects like that it's been pretty easy remotely and i know it would be difficult 
to physically go around to hurdles and different hurdles and different places at one time if it was uh, in person that multitasking i think is uh, very easy to do remotely compared to actual office do 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 the so, do you, that you are doing this sorry i don't know uh, you mean to say that uh, you can manage to you can be part of two projects and jump between one to one and another right but not yeah. like one minakshi and two meetings together is that the way one in two to no yeah so i am attending two meetings together one from my browser oh. and one from the app <laughs> wow <laughs> the two so that, devices yeah, two, so two meetings yeah okay. but of course one party doesn't know that uh, <laughs> i'm also doing something else but the other person my pair knows i'm doing something else so as soon as i hear a ping on the other one i i like you know I, if i hear a discussion i can go back if they need help something like that hmm. usually i can manage both i think it's uh, um, it's easy so i can also look at the screen sharing happening there and then i can go back there so yeah and after yeah. this podcast they will know <laughs> I have been able to give both of them enough attention. So that's why I'm doing this. Otherwise if there was a compromise in the attention that I give on both sides I wouldn't have done it. But it's possible to give both the parties attention and do this. So it's working out well for me. Yeah. <laughs> so so sorry just to understand that a little better Minakshi are you saying that uh, on on one of the devices you're in the breakout room and on the other device your main session is going on or something like that? No, so I'm actually on two teams, two different oh, teams. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am one from my browser, one from my uh, laptop. In case both of them are very mute, I have a third project also that I joined from my phone. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> yeah, to just sort of you know contextualize, you're playing a a, a trainer uh, role across all of these teams, right? So your role is a little so bit. Yeah, so one of the teams is the one where I'm actually pairing. I'm like playing the developer role. I'm pairing with my pair. The other one is where I'm doing the trainer. The third one is which requires me very less, which is sort of an open source project that we are doing to get people on beach to be able to contribute. So that doesn't take up much of my meetings. It has very rare meetings. But these two that I do together is one is the trainer role, and the other one is uh, I'm pairing with someone. So I can't yeah. pair at once. Like I can't pair two times, but I can observe and uh, pair. Right, right. Uh, that uh, gives me a, a thought that um, maybe this sort of second channel, if there, if people did have sort of multiple devices to and and enough of internet bandwidth to have that parallel meetings going on, uh, that could be a way to create this uh, team environment where everybody is you know on their second devices locked into this team environment, and you could just call out, "Hey, Sumit, can you can you come over to pairing station one?" And uh, uh, so podcast is kind of serious. But I'm uh, but I'm also wondering what is the role of Slack or instant messaging while you're pairing with somebody? Uh, how do you end up then using uh, these channels uh, to to share quick updates or to share even uh, puzzles? Like does that kind of thing happen outside just the synchronous uh, Zoom uh, channel? Have have people used uh, those channels to to have programming conversations happen with other uh, people in the team? 
generally chat slack and all that is to update uh, us synchronously most of the time and to ask for help who is available kind of stuff but i think the huddles discussion happens over the uh, call uh, video calls and all the wide boarding is another part which is critical for the pairing or maybe huddles so for the team generally uh, i think it's important that they figure out the mechanism for white boarding and uh, i think sometime drawing diagram so if somebody mm-hmm. in the team we have one or two person board at a home uh, like a physical board reasons. Mm-hmm. yeah physical board so we put a video mm-hmm. there and that helps uh, in huddle discussions and all that some people as uh, minakshi mentioned uses the whiteboard in the zoom so figuring out the alternatives for each and every one is kind of key for us to make sure that during the uh, pairing or huddle we are not struggling to express our uh, thoughts right so kind of that's very important and that's why we we have to agree beforehand and find out so that when time comes we are prepared for it right that's interesting and you know we uh, one of the things we've been doing uh, during this uh, podcast series is of course uh, we're curious to mine how people are responding just to the sudden uh, situation where everybody is remote uh, but we're also doing this with this uh, <clears throat> with this um, understanding that some of these things are going to become the new normal that even when things go back to normal uh, with respect to the pandemic <clears throat> chances are that we will have a lot more distribution happen uh, uh, some people working remotely uh, will become a, a a norm a norm and so that's why um, like your comment sunit about whiteboards uh, makes me feel like uh, people ought to then think about uh, like the minimum setup to uh, in your home office is going to be a table and chair and you know good internet connection but also maybe a whiteboard which you can use to draw up stuff quickly uh, share a share a snapshot of or draw up stuff quickly that you can uh, beam on video uh, for the others to to look at uh, how about digital whiteboards and or just drawing collaborative drawing tools what have uh, the three of you been using what are, what is working well in your teams yeah so if we have to do some head of analysis only points have to be mentioned we uh, typically use the whiteboard uh, in the zoom but if i have okay. to use or uh, draw some workflow i mean a certain thing is going to undergo these many classes or methods we typically use draw.io where we can quickly draw and uh, we can actually keep that as an artifact as well and uh, i mean i mean that tool is kind of helping us right. pretty quick uh, quick and neat right and that does draw.io uh, is it collaborative as well can multiple people simultaneously edit uh, it like google drawings so right now still we are using i mean combination of uh, sharing the screen and then one person is drawing but at least it helps because other people can pitch in and say okay this flow looks incorrect right. you can change right. b to c kind of stuff okay yeah okay. 
So it's interesting. You said that uh, there is this positive side effect of using a tool like Broad.io that it uh, then the, the diagram that gets uh, that gets used for the purpose of the conversation also becomes like a thing that can last and that others yes. can look at later on. Yes. So are you seeing just more diagrams appear in uh, in the team's sort of repository and, and are they like high quality, like meaningful diagrams that you actually find useful? Even if you've not been in that conversation, have you found some of those diagrams useful to look at? Okay. Uh, so at least so far, whenever we used to discuss something, I used to ask the person, okay, now digitize it. And sometimes that was a challenge. People used to forget the quality used to degrade and it's fallen. Uh, whereas now we, we all together came to a conclusion and that itself becomes an artifact. Uh, we share it uh, through the chat. We also store it on the Google Drive. So maybe the important diagrams are anyways captured, but all hmm. small discussions and the points around that are also started getting captured. And I see value in, in that as well. Hmm. Okay. Any other observations to share around diagramming tools or whiteboarding tools and what, are, what, uh, what is working in the context? I guess we talked about whatever we have used. Mm -hmm. I wanted to actually speak about another topic, which is about uh, your personal space during pairing. Mm -hmm. Maybe if, can I move on to that or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think personally, uh, remote, uh, I, I've been liking uh, pairing remotely much uh, better because of the space that it's giving me. So, uh, for example, in uh, office, there has been a lot of times that I'm really stressed personally or due uh, to certain reasons. Uh, if, if, I, if I just, if I cry or if, like, you know, if, if I'm low, my pair will know, other people will know, everybody will know, mm. and then it becomes a big thing. Uh, the mm. other day, remotely, uh, I was having like a pairing session with my pair and uh, I, um, I was crying. So I, I stopped the video and then because of the sound, I stopped the audio. We were still able to continue to pair and eventually that disappeared. But of course, it gave me my space. So I did not have to like in an office environment or if I'm pairing with somebody physically, that person can see me. Uh, mm. it, it puts too much pressure sometimes. Like, you know, how, how I'm sitting or how I'm talking and all of those things are there. But... Uh, when I'm doing this remotely, I think it's very convenient. I have my own space. I'm in my own room and I can still do my work. I can feel mm. the way that I feel and I don't have to, um, like, like I, I don't have to uh, be answerable for it or like that doesn't even show in fact. Mm. So, uh, I think that that's the space that it gave me is, is really good. So even after, like I prefer to <laughs> uh, work and pair remotely also because of that. Hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I'm also wondering if um, uh, what what do people think about just this? Uh, one of the things that we talk we've talked about uh, when we uh, talked about uh, remote work in context of other practices. So we've talked about retrospectives. We've talked about uh, stand-ups. Is that uh, we are uh, noticing a pattern that when you are working remotely, you can start 
uh, leveraging asynchronous communication a lot more uh, that you can't assume that everybody will be working nine to five you can't assume uh, that, uh, that 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 you know there'll be like a set number of four working hours within which everybody will work so i'm wondering if uh, in the context of uh, pair programming remotely how um, how how is that working for you are you just doing it synchronously and at the right at the same time across all pairs or how is it working I guess still co-working hours and all that hold some bit of uh, true because if everybody is working differently, I can't call for a huddle in 30 minutes. I can't call for a pairing. My pair is not working at that time and becomes very difficult. Yeah. So all those principles are still there. Uh, however, I do get some flexibility and uh, that is helpful at home. And I think in current situation, things are that we all don't have anything else to do at home. Otherwise, when I am at home and I am remote, I have a purpose why I was at home. Mm. So that's a different topic uh, altogether. But uh, I think, uh, yes, flexibility is there, but still uh, timings and all that, we have to uh, be in the same time zone kind of thing roughly roughly still synchronized yes, working yes. In, a, in a sort of broad zone of let's say nine to seven within that everybody can have some amount of flexibility to yeah to determine their pairing hours okay and one of the reason that i feel is that we all as a thought worker have been working with each other for so long right mm. that makes us very easy when we're remote also we have that bonding already yeah and that makes us uh, easy when we are shifting to this. However, I would be seeing, uh, I would like to see when there is a new one, new thought worker joins. How mm. or, he or a new how, team coming together. Yeah. Yes, uh, they have not worked with each other before. All that uh, is, is I'm not sure. Means that's one of the fear that I have is that because we shifted from a working in office to home, which is like kind of lift and shift where we had a bonding. We had all the norms and norming and forming is already done, right? The way we call it, right? Now here, uh, I don't know when I have to do norming and forming of the team also in the remote setup. That too with a totally new person with such a high collaboration, mm, we have to see how it shapes up, right? Don't know. A couple of new joinees that I'm working with. Uh, so uh, I think uh, they before this is uh, yeah. So I've been working with them. Uh, they actually uh, work on uh, like they were ready to work Saturdays, Sundays, and so the the core work timings is some, something that they completely violated. They just uh, like took up the work and uh, even like in the night time they would just like you know send send a ping or. It's because I I think we're not going to a place and coming back from a place. So this uh, when should when should we send the message or probably when should we do the work is very up to that person. Especially uh, sometimes if pairing is not in the picture, if it's individual work, I've I've seen a lot of them work like late in the night, and I know that I'll get their thing late in the night or early in the morning. So at least for the new ones who have not yet you know been to office, they've been working. At all points of time. Mm. 
but what do you think about their connection with the uh, team like has that been easy what have that what ha what has the team done to to make it easy for them to connect with, with you all yeah uh, so i think um, if uh, how we uh, at least as part of the training boot camp that i'm doing and whatever new joinees are there uh, we are having uh, uh ice breakers were doing uh, like you know different sorts of sessions so that they feel at home or so that they feel uh, like you know they feel comfortable because it's very new to them the ways of working are new to them the people are new to them everything is new to them uh and uh, because of the additional time that we spend um we'll play games or like you know similar to what we would have done physically i think we're not missing out on any of those things that we do physically and uh, over a period of time eventually i think right now they are very comfortable so they've been able to reach out to us for anything or uh, i'm not seeing any uh, difference uh, in them as an output like after mm. when i see them i'm not seeing the difference but probably i think from the perspective of a new joinee it might be a little different because mm. the setup is different for them and more of like facilitating the entire thing so at the end of the day it's the same but i think from the beginning to the end the journey something that would be different for them hmm. so they would have a different perspective i think all right all right so we've talked about a bunch of challenges and you all have shared a uh, uh, a bunch of tips that have worked for you i think this is going to be good material for uh, for our listeners i'm keen to just uh, push the conversation into this zone that do you see any Uh, any other uh, like upsides of being remote? We've talked about some of them, um, uh, like uh, Minakshi, you talked about just having more of of a personal space. Um, so, like that, are there any other advantages that you see? In, um, and and think about it. I, I mean, I would urge you to think about this uh, with this supposition that uh, let's say uh, the world is a very different place. In, uh, in in six months time uh, that indeed uh, remote becomes the norm uh, and and it is exceptional exceptions when we actually meet face to face for for some specific reasons if we uh, ended up uh, entering that world then what would you think would be the upsides of that world when it comes to pair programming and this is just a thought experiment but uh, in your opinion from the exposure that you have to it as of now what are there any upsides or 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 you think this face to face for pairing is just the right thing to do probably might be an upside for working from home so uh, it's just that because i'm working from home and this has been a continuous process i know that the people that i'm working with are far more or tolerance are far more adjusting and for my personal chores so for example if i say that uh, like you know we will have a break at 2 because i need to do some work at home uh, or because i need to share these things with them when i'm taking a break or i'm going somewhere right. coming somewhere so uh, i feel more close to my pair or my team because now they are a part of my uh, my space as well like my They, they come in the middle of like when I'm doing my other housework or when I'm doing that work. So yeah, I feel like uh, they uh, they tend. It's to, just more empathy. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, more empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Of 
of just that sort of shared context of what uh, what especially because we are in this pandemic situation there is all kinds of stress that we are all dealing with and uh, and pressures of, of multiple kinds that everybody's dealing with so that's we think that's that's helping people be sensitive about that and people are learning how to understand it and respect it more okay so another advantage that i think uh, maybe uh, in this remote setup is uh, we are not very good at uh, documenting stuff like writing adrs and all that like decision records mm-hmm. and all uh, mm-hmm. with this setup i think it will be forced on us that we mm-hmm. have to write uh, decision uh, architecture decisions in some shape and form so that others can consume it at a synchronous way Mm-hmm. so i think lightweight documentation will be like one of the enforced upon us which we run away from all the time mm-hmm. so i think that would be a good uh, takeaway uh, with this uh, remote setup that i can think mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. and i guess this setup is also as we talked previously uh, kind of uh, helps to get some of the items more visibility like uh, we we talked about adrs the other example is uh, in our project we are like we are core teams and we always feel we are working in silos mm-hmm. and for that we used to have a tech lead hurdles and stuff like that but uh, eventually everyone was caught up in something else some production issues and things like that we uh, kind of missing it and the frequency mm-hmm. wasn't great but now we we are convinced that we are working in silos there is no other way than to sync up every other day so <laughs> i have I, to over communicate and exactly so i feel we are deliberately meeting every other day we are talking about adrs people have started entering data into adrs so that kind of stuff is really coming out hmm hmm yeah earlier in the conversation sapnil you were also uh, sharing that it's uh, bringing some of these other infrastructural kind of uh, issues yeah. to the fore so build yeah. times have to be smaller and the pipelines have to uh, be designed for people to be able to do multiple checkings in an yeah. hour yeah yeah and, and so that kind of thing will come through even more uh, Yeah. So the issues were there, but now the priority has changed, and that kind of helped us to get it prioritized immediately. We started working. Hmm. Yes. It's like now I am thinking it's like agile. It's not solving anything. It is just helping you to populate the problems, and those are getting more visible. Yeah. interesting any other uh, sort of natural advantages that you see of the remote setup i have um, so this is part of my boot camp experience again so as the trainer uh, i can get into a room i can put myself on mute and i can observe and they are not conscious because uh, i'm not present there physically so it's been extremely um, easy to observe a pair and see their working uh, through this remote setup without uh, making them conscious mm. yeah so being the silent observer can really be being of yeah, we talk about this yeah silent observer works so well 
being a fat fly on the wall and being a silent observer when in remote setup you can actually become an obtrusive uh, become an obtrusive while being a silent observer okay yeah uh, and the other thing is chirag you are at home i mean mm. that feeling is always there that you are at home and you can uh, sometimes it happens that the family just needs you around them it's not yeah. that you are doing something for them especially when you have uh, your parents who are not doing that great so mm. i am personally observing that my presence is helping them uh, though i am not spending much time with them in office hours mm. so being at home is a great feeling that is adding to my productivity because i can save on my time where i used to travel mm. yeah that's uh, that can be very comforting uh, yeah. in many contexts speaking all right uh, that's uh, that's a good list as well for uh, for us to think through um, all right um, anything else that we should talk about akshay no nothing from me i think we're good all right then um, thanks for this uh, lovely conversation people uh, we've been able to talk about a bunch of challenges share some tips uh, reflect on some of the advantages of working uh, in uh, working remotely and doing pairing that way i have one final question to ask uh, all of you and i want like instinctive quick reactions on this um uh, so um given all the challenges that you faced uh, in pairing remotely would you still do pair programming is it worth it when you are remote yes yes the instinct answer is yes <laughs> i think we are we are now so net 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 i mean you feel like even with the with the uh, sort of sometimes hoops that you are getting through bad internet and like the tools not quite being there it is still generating enough value for you to have that second person uh, use that as a sounding board use that as somebody who's uh, reviewing and giving you inputs uh, it is beneficial in terms of quality in terms of productivity is yeah yes yes right yes. yeah and we're facing these challenges together so it's a fulfilling experience <laughs> <laughs> because the conviction is there on 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 everyone that that we ought to make this work okay yeah. all right cool all right then uh thanks everyone and thanks to our listeners for tuning in uh we'll be back with more episodes in this series uh, with more people talking about other practices thank you thank you bye bye all right thanks everyone thank you, thank you. see bye. you next one bye bye